Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, before we get into this week's show, I want to let you guys know where I will be uh, in the coming uh, weeks and months. Uh, next show is coming up with our guest on today's show, Mr. Dave Dugan off his leash tour. is coming to Anderson at the flyover uh, July 31st at 8 p.m. Tickets are flying pretty quickly. There's only a few seats left. The later in the week you listen to this, uh, it's probably sold out. So uh, visit simpleticks.com for that. Or check out the Flyover's website um, at the Flyover Live, uh, or you can just hit my uh, bio at Uncle Buck's house. The ticket link is in my bio for that. Uh, and then on August nineteenth, I'm going to be in Lafayette at the Spot Tavern, and then on uh, at eight p.m. Uh, I'm going to. That's a free show, by the way. On August twenty second, I will be at Hoppy Wobbles in Bloomington. Uh, on September second, I will be on the Dog Show at Metazoa Brewing Company. Uh, so check out all of my social media at Uncle Buck's House for more information. And as always, the Anderson Trivia Challenge is going through August fourteenth uh, when our final game is occurring. You can play at any of our, any of our games uh, there if you're interested in your team winning a thousand dollar grand prize. Check out the Anderson Trivia Challenge Facebook group for more information. Let's get into the show. Right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Uncle Buck's house. Uh, we have a very fun show in store for you today. We have, uh, as always, uh, my brother Nick's on the on the other mic over there, and we hey, have hey. BJ on the ones and twos. And uh, in studio with us tonight, uh, we have legendary comedian, uh, regular on the Bob and Tom show, and uh, someone that I've been lucky enough to work with, Mister. Dave Dugan in the house. How you doing, man? Well, Kyle, good, and thanks for uh, the big uh, the big build up. Actually, yeah. I, I, all I told you is I would show up uh, freshly shampooed and sober, and <laughs> and uh, I think I'm coming through so far. But uh, absolutely, we lit the candle for... just in case. <laughs> you well, know, you, we... you smelled pretty good walking through here. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, absolutely. I it. A little confused by the way you're coming on to me, Nick. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, it's good to be here with you guys. Yeah. Um, and we're super excited because coming up next week, uh, well, this week, actually, on Saturday, we have a big show coming to Anderson at the Flyover. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you're bringing your Off His Leash tour through town. What, what, can, what can people expect from the Off His Leash tour? Uh, well, it's uh, basically, I think the Off the Leash thing happened because of, uh, or was created, I guess, uh, during the pandemic, even though... Yeah, <laughs> there weren't any shows to do right then. Sure, but, uh, was sort of where the concept came from, and it also was inspired by my, my uh, daughter's uh, an artist, and she's she's in high school, and she just kind of came up with this uh, concept of of uh, wanting me to do a real animated type uh, face, and then she did a whole thing like you saw the artwork. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, just, yeah. So uh, that's when when I thought, oh, I think I'll call this the the off the leash tour, just sort of meaning once things get uh, running again, you know, to sort of be. Uh, uh, you you're letting know, the dog you're, loose. You're letting the dog loose. There you go. Exactly. And um, but as far as content, I mean, I don't. I maybe it's slightly yeah. edgier than before in certain areas, but it's it's kind of the same. Sure. The same deal. It's sort of just uh, it's just sort of a way to come up with another another title for a tour. I mean, I yeah, sure, <laughs> absolutely. Those tour titles for so so many times over the years that uh, yeah, yeah. 
But absolutely. Uh, so yeah. now your stuff isn't uh, is generally family friendly. You know, in, uh, just most of the time that, that I'm familiar with, and if not all the time, like, is that the sort of thing that, that you have just found a, a, a comfort in, or it was just something that, like, you know, it was uh, where you wanted to go with your career and how you wanted to work? Um, I think it comes kind of natural. I mean, I'm not a, a prude, so, yeah. uh, you know, I've been uh, uh, exposed to, to many different uh, uh, things, and and even though I am known as a clean comedian, I, I mean, there's times, you know, you play a a certain uh, venue where they didn't ask for you to be clean, and and somebody in the audience you get going with, and and you know, I've in other words, I've I've sinned. Kyle, <laughs> and, uh, it still can happen, but no, it doesn't happen any place where where. And I think also the other uh, thing with the clean comedy is since I do a fair amount of uh, corporate and private work, and they m- most of the time insist on that, mm-hmm. it just sort of opened up doing uh, uh, a wide range of uh, venues, I guess, and events. To, Absolutely, uh, to and kind of keep it clean, but it, it, it really comes natural. I mean, every now and then I'll I'll write bits that are not a uh, little bit blue, little <laughs> blue, yeah. And then I realize ah, that might not fit, except for this one, you know, whatever American Legion show I've got coming up in uh, in November or someplace <laughs> sure, where they yeah. <laughs> just the, where the guard is down more. But yeah, um, so yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's uh, and and film. and that's something that like you know for for young comics we've had a lot of young comics on on our mm-hmm. uh, you know show before and and a lot of them you know this isn't something that really comes up although I know that um, it's something that is gaining a lot more ground especially you know shout out to to the Greenwood locals over at Gutties mm-hmm. you know that are that are building an, an area for clean comedy to grow right and I think that it's a uh, it's a part of comedy and a side of comedy that is um, like. You know, um, careers like yours are a testament to to why being able to work like this is important because it can mean the difference between working or not, and in in a lot of situations. And so, um, you know, uh, for any young comics out there, I mean, you know, lean into what's comfortable, whatever makes you funniest. But also, like, you know, if the cuss word doesn't help the joke or the or the imagery or whatever doesn't help the joke, then you know, maybe maybe pump the brakes a little bit. You know. Yeah, I think they kind of uh, one philosophy if you want to call it that i heard years ago that kind of tend to agree with is that if you uh if you write a bit and there's a lot of uh language in it and so forth and you uh pull all that language out and the bit's not fun anymore it wasn't really Mm. funny to begin with Mm -hmm. yeah that's a very i i like that and and the way that i got introduced into comedy was Mm. through um like jeff foxworthy the blue color comedy tour i was i don't know maybe a or so maybe 10 and i just thought comedy was just movies i, I didn't really watch uh stand up i i would see it every once in a while but i didn't know what it was yeah and then my grandpa um he would only let really let me listen to the clean stuff because um, as i got older i realized that most stand up is the opposite of clean <laughs> right um yeah. but yeah I, I think i think the clean side of comedy is what introduces some of the kids that may have never really looked into it and then um when the when i got into it i just it, it just led me into so many other avenues of comedy and it's it's one of the most important things to me because if you're not laughing then you're, you're not really living life yeah it's probably more challenging to uh to keep things uh clean than it is you know, oh, absolutely yeah um i mean working working more dirty i guess can be kind of a crutch and um on the other side of that if somebody uh is very creative and yet they're you know quote unquote not being clean Mm -hmm. 
you know that there's definitely a place for that i mean it's not yeah. like you know there's a comedy is supposed to be a freeform thing so sure yeah dave yeah. Chappelle is he's probably my favorite comedian mm-hmm. and um i've i mean his all, all of his stuff is is there he does not hold back and and i i can appreciate that but right um yeah that that whole blue color comedy uh that that led me into many different avenues of comedy yeah. and also someone like dave chappelle is a very interesting example because a lot of what he's been doing recently is less straight up stand-up comedy and is like a combination of of humor and spoken word yeah like, like, like he also he also is just like a very interesting speaker in general so like so like yeah i think you know he he is known for a lot of that that blue stuff but uh but yeah i, I think even even Dave Chappelle knows those sort of, you know, um, when to push those buttons mm-hmm. and when to not. And, uh, you know, that's one of the hardest things that, you know, any comic can tr- kind of try to figure out is like, you know, you got to be able to, um, you know, pull the triggers when when you're right. when your aim is right. Exactly. Um, so let's talk a little bit about you mentioned that the Office Leash, Office Leash Tour kind of came out in the pandemic. So what I mean, obviously, that changed so much for you. How did that like how did that work for you? Well, like, I, I think... Or it, what did you do? Like, how did that go? <laughs> I think it did lend itself to... Uh, I mean, I, who knew that it was going to be so long mm-hmm. of a stretch of uh, canceled uh, gigs and everything. Uh, I think it was 195 days for me of, of every every single show being mm-hmm. canceled. And then it came back for a little bit in the late fall or October, November. It seems like the, some shows came mm-hmm. back. And then I had all this stuff booked for, uh, you know, December, like, uh, you know, corporate Christmas parties and stuff. And that all went away. And then so, uh, yeah, for one thing, I think it, it makes us all just be a little more grateful for every single absolutely show we do because of knowing, you know, how different it is when, when, uh, when they're not there. And uh, at the same time, I, uh, you know, I had to keep busy and try to be creative. And uh, I uh, did a YouTube uh uh, I guess I'd call them mini. Uh, I don't know if I'd even call it a podcast, but it was just like yeah. these little short videos. Okay, called uh, "Just a Minute with Dave." They were never a minute, but that was just the title. Yeah, another title like uh, you know, "Office Leash." It doesn't make any sense, but um, <laughs> <laughs> just a minute. It's a it's, it's a forty five minute video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, but it was basically at least it started. Yeah, and kind of continued to have uh, to find humor uh, in the pandemic situation with everybody being you know sheltered and and shut down pretty much and everything yeah and uh so i think those are still on on youtube but i i did those for a about a three or four month stretch uh, i found out i don't have any hobbies that was kind of a painful thing that uh you know we have a lot of downtime and you might have a hobby that you you, you thought oh now i got time to do that <laughs> unless yeah. uh Unless uh, you know, misplacing your wallet four or five times a day is a, is a hobby. If so, I'm a hobby master. Absolutely, me as well. Uh, but um, gosh, I'm trying to think what else I did during the. Uh, the uh, you know, I, did you when you got back and started doing shows? I mean, did you feel kind of rusty? I honestly, oh did yeah, feel, oh for sure. That it was, was my next question. Yeah. It was like, how did you stay with with that? You you said 195 days. Uh, yeah, it's really sad that I counted them, but I have an abacus, so I, I keep I keep up on it. <laughs> I keep up on exact uh, statistics. How do you? Uh, so I'm assuming the the videos kind of helped you stay sharp. But what what made you, like what kept the rust off from and and what what made it so that you're still comfortable uh, going up there after that long layoff? And obviously, people's perspectives of the world are different now. And yeah, so what, I I think it was just sort of a humil uh, you know humility and gratefulness that you know even getting up there. 
maybe sort of added a little bit of motivation and and uh, and trust in the situation, even though it had been so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you can only do so much. I mean, what I found was not so much the content was uh, hard to deliver, but it just felt like the like some of the technique, like the timing, just didn't seem mm-hmm. as sharp or, or quite where it should be. But uh, and people kept trying to you know like. Uh, uh, you know, like you know, friends or whoever knows that you do comedy for, I don't know, friends, family, whoever even cares anymore, mm-hmm. uh, would uh, <laughs> would try to you know like uh, give you like optimism, like saying, yeah. uh, oh, it's just like riding a bike, yeah, you know? yeah. like yeah, uh, yeah. getting up. And uh, last time I didn't ride a bike for over six months, I ended up in a ditch actually, I, uh, <laughs> with my pant leg in a in the bicycle chain. So uh, that's where I learned a lot that uh, you don't wear elephant bells when you do an exercise. Ah, right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it was just it was just getting up and uh, well, actually, I think uh, Kyle, I, w- I would have to thank you again because you were one of the very first uh, uh, stage times I had. After I was just about, about to about mention this. that. Yeah, I was just about to mention that. And because that was a lot of fun. And it, yeah. it was great because yeah, I mean, um, for those of you that know, we do uh, Uncle Buck's Comedy Hour every other Wednesday um, out of Kettle Top Brew House, and I get you know this message from Dave Dugan, and I'm like, uh, oh man, okay, uh, absolutely, and so I check it out and. He's like, hey, I'm looking to get back on stage, and, and I think you may have even referenced shaking some rust off. And <laughs> and uh, uh, I was like, um, you know, we, we unfortunately aren't able to pay at this time, but, like, you know, come work what you want. He came in and did a solid 30 minutes. Like, I know for him this is shaking off the, the rust, but for all of the young comics in yeah. the room, it was it was like watching a master class, and we enjoyed it because you, 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 <laughs> well, you, you, were, you, you were engaged with the crowd, and it, was, and it didn't seem – it didn't seem like it was as much of a struggle as we knew it was. And that's why we appreciated it. Like, like we uh, know that not doing that much comedy for someone who's been doing it for this long to have that big of a break and then get right back in it. We all knew what that took, but to, but to be able to do the 30 minutes that you did was, was a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, uh, it was, you know, just great. It was great. I really enjoyed it. Well, I appreciate it. I think it was the second time I'd been on, and done a show or been on stage for like I said whatever that was over six now. yeah well, hey, well even I know, then, just I know one of your first anyway yeah, yeah I know it was under 95 days I don't know why I keep trying to sugarcoat <laughs> it but uh, but uh, the first one I he did he doesn't want to tell us the minutes and hours <laughs> yeah he's got those written down somewhere right to show you how how uh, how desperate it felt <laughs> um, prior to me getting with you there's a lady I know, she's a very nice lady. I've done her uh, comedy nights at her uh, movie theater. I've done theaters too, but this is one where it's really movies most of the time, and she just does entertainment, you know, you know, uh, every quarter or whatever. And uh, I actually saw that that night she was having a uh, bluegrass band, and I said, uh, "Would you mind if I jumped up on stage? I'll introduce them and stuff, but maybe I can do uh, uh, some some comedy." So that was the first. I mean, I was I actually literally forced myself on someone's stage awesome. just to <laughs> and that's that, against their will and that is such a that is such a cool thing i i uh as someone who played bluegrass for for several years yeah. like if uh uh and that's actually one of the first places i learned that i love telling jokes on stage is just because in between the tuning there's you know all these just little, little right, this, right. this air for just a little you know line or something like that and um you know in that sort of scenario like i don't know why every bluegrass band just doesn't travel with the comedian to do 10 minutes at the top that would be so great it'd be like one of those one of those old road shows you know mm, what i mean like right, right. Uh, uh wow that's super cool a little intermission for the band get a drink absolutely or so oh for sure five or ten minutes to a comedian yeah that, yeah that'd be killer that'd it would be awesome. it would give the crowd a little 
a little break as well. Yeah, well, I mean, or or maybe do it the uh, yeah, um, do it the uh, other way around. Maybe even just have a band in between two comics. That could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I like to take him to Detroit with me when I have to fire a bunch of people next week. <laughs> we, just yeah. have them come up and do ten minutes they're before t- they get. They're fired. all happy, and then like, <laughs> hey, well, now that you enjoyed this, here's your hurt severance, um, <laughs> or not. Uh, but yeah, no, I um, um, really enjoyed that, and it was it was uh, something that I was more than happy to do. I mean, and and you know, I try to make it a place for comics to reach out anyone at any time if they need you know a place to work. That's what I want it to be. So. Absolutely, I, yeah. was, I was glad you did that. So, so the pandemic was uh, obviously just like this, you know, screeching halt on so many things on so many different levels. And so, so throughout the pandemic, you said you didn't have any, you didn't really have any hobbies. Did you develop any hobbies, or did you find other mm. things aside from your videos to like, you know, did you pick up chess? Maybe I don't know. It was no, it was just kind of the videos, and uh, um, you know, I, well, I I did, I guess I did do a few things. I wouldn't call them hobbies, but that I thought about doing and just never really found the time for i did i I did the genealogy oh yeah uh deal uh ancestry.com yeah there there you go and i uh i discovered i'm from carmel (laughs) so uh that was 159 dollars down the drain (laughs) but no fantastic i think it's just yeah there were things that came up i it was nice spent more time with family and uh it felt like I was going to the grocery store constantly. I don't. I don't know why, but it just felt like uh, oh, every yeah. time you know do, doing the masking up and going and getting all the. Because for a while I was getting groceries for uh, for my uh, my dad, my uh, you know other family members mm-hmm. that were outside our family. And I have a hard time hard time enough getting our family like everything where I don't have to backtrack several times and all that. So it was a two hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I that bet. took up a lot of my life. Two hours in the grocery store sometimes. I, to, yeah. I absolutely cannot stand going to the grocery store anymore because it does. It's like a two hour trip. We got we have two kids. Yeah, and they always want something, and then. It, we're not smart enough to make a list for some reason. We have phones that you can literally talk into and say, hey, can you give it? I need this, this, and this. We have an Alexa, and you can literally say, I, I put this on my grocery list. Put this on my grocery Never use it. Spend two hours at the store. So <laughs> now I go online, and I do the uh, like the Instacart. Oh, yeah. It is so convenient. Yep. I spend way less money, and I only get the stuff that I know that I'm going to be eating for that week for the most part. Right. It, it is it, it, it was probably one of the better and better things that happened during the pandemic, honestly. And also just to save stress from being in there. God, you know what it, I mean? I mean, it's, it's not, it's not the most overly stressful thing in the world, but it's just, it's just one less thing to deal with. It know? is stressful though. It is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's, I'd never thought I would say going to the store is stressful, but if you don't have a list and you're just looking at things like, do I need that? Yeah. I think I need that. And then you get home and you're like, Damn it! I walked right by it, and I did not pick up the flower or whatever. <laughs> and, and you yeah. have to work around all the the shortages that were going on. Yeah, where they'd, uh, you know, what was I mean? It started with uh, toilet paper, toilet paper, the obvious stuff, mm-hmm. hand sanitizer, and uh, and all those. And then there was uh, uh, then like chicken and yeah, the meat uh, coins. I mean, it's something every yeah every uh, week. One thing well, I did find this out though, that they never had a shortage on pumpkin spice. Yeah, uh, absolutely not. They had leggings. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. September through and leggings. Yeah. <laughs> September through November, you, you could yeah. not. Uh, in fact, I challenged myself one day. I, I thought I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to find, uh, you know, uh, just anything that doesn't have pumpkin spice in it to take home to the, to the family. And it was very hard that yep. we they had to, they had to have a diet of basically just uh, uh, Brazil nuts and uh, large curd cottage cheese and vodka for a while because uh, <laughs> everything. 
had that damn pumpkin spice in it. So. Yeah, that is that is so true. Like they have to have that stuff just stockpiled <laughs> somewhere. Just like September first hits and they just dump it in everything. Right, it's right. just one of those it's things. Must be missing out on heartburn medicine too. <laughs> exactly. I went to uh, went to Walmart. Our dog just been having seizures, right? So they just pre- prescribed the dog Valium. Yeah. So I had to go to Walmart. That's not our regular pharmacy. And so I have AP with my best friend and. I drop off the prescription and she's like, have you ever filled for this dog before? And I'm like, <laughs> um, I don't think so. And she went through my name. She's like, well, what's the dog's name? I was like, Oh, it's Ruby. Well, what's the dog's last name? I was like, uh, dogs Rob- have last names. Robins. Oh, Oh wait, your dog, you, you guys don't do the last name thing. No, with we your do. Dog? We have, it's Ruby and Robins. Yeah. But I did. I was putting my dog on the grid. Like Ruby's been off the grid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like she's I, known now. I had to put She's a phone number. System. I had to put a phone number down for the dog. Yeah, <laughs> and the lady was. She's like, "Well, we closed in like twenty minutes, so I need all uh, this information." Yeah, and then at the end, she rings me out, then takes my the pat the the pills down the other counter. She's like, "You need to follow me," and I'm like, "Why is she so mad at me for?" <laughs> I didn't say anything smug. We just we sat there real quiet, and she goes, "Well, this is Valium. You know, you can't take this, right?" Oh, she thought you was trying right, to get messed right, up. Right away, assuming that I'm just going to be taking medicine for my dog. <laughs> well, it is Greenwood. And then she goes, how long have you had this dog? And I was like, well, three years. Where'd you get it? What started asking what color Damn, the dog was. Like, like it's not yeah. a real dog. She's yeah. thinking there's not a Ruby Robbins is getting I was like, ma'am, I am not going to take these. These are already pre-sold. Yeah. This, uh, <laughs> this addiction water glass you uh, gave me, uh, <laughs> BJ, is all of a sudden making a lot more sense. <laughs> Absolutely. I got this uh, glass. I wanted water when I get here, and I, I get one, and it's got not only the uh, the rehab center uh, logo, uh, it's got an eight seven seven phone number if you yeah. like to call them. So yeah, it's actually oh, and the name on it is Ruby. That's crazy. That's right. that's, Interesting. That's, that's, that makes sense. Yeah, what do you know? Seven seven Ruby. I thought <laughs> I thought they wanted the phone number because they were good, they were going to text Ruby when her prescription yeah. was done. Uh-huh. Come pick it up. Yeah, she gets she gets a just an email saying you come pick it up, you get a no, treat. She comes and sits at your at your feet and is just like ready to go um yeah no that's that's hilarious i wonder who your dog's emergency contact is i bet it would be you probably i had to give three phone numbers oh my god i've never been to walmart like i always we, my wife works at cvs for 25 in years. case your dog's on a walk we give it back up. we always go to cvs and they don't have a no pharmacist has sister humors anymore because they're all short-staffed yep. it's not my fault they skipped a couple years to be a real doctor it's not. It's not. It's not my fault that on the side. Do you know what this medicine does to you? Yeah, it's on the side of the bottle. Let's go. I don't need you to explain yeah, it to me. Yeah. You looked it up just the same way I can. Let's just move on. <laughs> right. I can't. I can't believe they do that. They don't I'm have to remember big, shit anymore. I'm not a big fan of pharmacists. I, you know what? I've got to stack up. I've got to stick up for pharmacies a little bit because you're right. They they are understaffed and they and I noticed a complete mood change because yep. of that. But uh, every now and then you still get a really uh, pleasant one. Like there's this one pharmacist every time I go in. Um, uh, to get my prescription, she asked me my uh, uh, birth date, so I'm uh, I'm pretty sure she's going to get me something <laughs> um, come March. But um, uh, yeah, that's I, 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 we we don't really uh, we've got dogs and cats and bearded dragons and and for a while there, I do recall that you had the last name with them. But till you said that, I I realized we haven't been. I don't think they they have any idea they have a last name. Yeah, yeah, because at the vet, it's Ruby on her, on her um, thing. It says Ruby Robbins. She's a, she's a we we uh, we have four cats. Every time I come home, we have another one. 
I don't know the name of the that underwater. Is true. He doesn't leave anymore. That's that's why he doesn't leave the house oh, anymore. Yeah. yeah, I called him. He's going to come back I called him by the dead and another dead cat's name the other day. <laughs> that did not go over well at all. <laughs> My wife was almost in, in tears. I was like, like, hey. like, like just, just on accident, or were you making an implication? No, I was like, "Hey, Frank!" I'm like, ah, oh, Frank's dead. Oh, that's my dog's name. And then she was like, "Oh, I remember Frank. I have a memory on Facebook. It just opened up Pandora's box." Oh, you're gonna have mm. hairballs all over your uh, all over your house. Yeah, yeah. As I a, pretend to get a phone re- call. Sweet revenge from <laughs> from calling the cat the wrong name. So that's why I take a job where I travel yeah. every other week. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> yeah. so am I the only one that has a dog with three names: the first, middle, and last name? Well, our, my dog's not Catholic. It didn't have the 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 what's that name called? Chris, uh, um, like my my pops' name was Stephen Allen Joseph Joe Combs uh, Joseph Combs. Oh, wow. oh. confirmation. Are you talking about just middle names? Yeah. Middle. Oh, your dog I, has two middle names. Apollo Creed Oaks. Oh yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> I, I just have we have Frankie and Tucker. Please tell me you have a pit bull. No, it's a boxer. Okay, at least it? I, yeah. It's Apollo a Creed's a oh, boxer. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's the I re- and, and I'm just sitting here like, oh my and god. Then, and then our I dog. just literally got that right now. When I said that to you, BJ, when we made eye contact, <laughs> and I said this right here, this was my mind not wrapping my head around the concept that you named your boxer Apollo Creed. Do you Man. name your cat Jenna Jameson or something? <laughs> so, so my cat is uh, her name is Duchess because she's a little priss. <laughs> I wanted to say another word that started with the C, but my wife told me not Real to do that anymore. See you next Tuesday. Um, um, but then but my yeah. dog that he passed away a year ago, his name was Rocky yeah. or Rocco. And we didn't want to do Rocky because he was a every, everybody names their dog Rocky. So you've had more than one boxer. Yeah, know. we we love yeah. boxers. They're the, yeah. they are great, great family dogs. I grew up with pit bulls and um, I love, I love pit bulls. I just wanted something different. I wanted something that I'd never had before. And, Boxers, they were. This is bringing back memories. That's the very first dog I had was a was a boxer. Oh yeah, when I was like seven, eight years old. I don't know how long you guys have, or if somebody could play the blues harp, I'll tell you the story. <laughs> I was gonna say they made boxers back about then. About Joe the boxer. <laughs> oh, thank <Yeah>. you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they made boxers back then. Yeah, yeah. Believe yeah. <laughs> well, that. okay. I think I just got uh, punked. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that's that's all right. <laughs> So let's get into uh, let's get into your kind of start in comedy because one of the things that like you know so, so many you know young comics have the same start story they're like ah my friend said I was funny there was a local open mic I went and checked it out and and, and that was the thing so so for for someone like 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 you that's been been you know in a in a career for quite a while how did you get that ball rolling how did that go for you uh, let's you mean after all the other possible tasks and jobs I oh, did. Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I mean, like, you didn't just get out of high school and become a comic, I bet. Oh, gotcha. You know? Okay, yeah. The, um, gosh, the jobs I had, well, I mean, I did all those things as a kid, uh, like, uh, I had a paper route, which I quit over a, 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 a mean dog, by the way. Oh, shit. Yeah, because people didn't have their dogs, uh, you know, all mm-hmm. uh, cooped up back then, or, or even on leashes. It was just a free-for-all. And so our neighborhood, the dogs were running all over the place, and it was... Uh, Sadly, it was a dachshund, but it was a very mean dachshund. It was a, it was oh, you should have seen yeah. the devil teeth on this thing. And so I, I had a paper route. I did the, uh, you know, when you mow people's lawns, all that stuff. I went through uh, things. But my first, I guess, actually, um, job it would probably be for my my dad's uh, a uh, builder, retired now, but a custom builder. And I uh, worked construction a couple of, a couple of years when I was uh, uh, in high school for him, a couple summers, and. Uh, 
I just I didn't have the family all all the family except for me. You know, as as his dad, my grandpa, the the uh, uncles, everybody was in the building business, and uh, I just didn't take to it. And I it was hard work. It was like I I would shovel pea gravel like for eight hours. Uh, a, a day and again if you have a blues harp this really would come in <laughs> uh, handy right now but um i mean i i just found out it wasn't very very yeah. very handy it was like i uh, uh I, I was allergic or something to uh hard labor and and um and so uh, i think it's my problem too <laughs> yeah just and it was embarrassing because my dad has like these big uh you know, like uh, just perfect for building, like those uh, those uh, grizzly atoms. Mm-hmm. They're more like paws. I think. Yeah. yeah, they're not really. They're like and, two catcher's mitts, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, I've got these frail Mother Teresa, uh, <laughs> fit for handing out prayer beads, but nothing, <laughs> nothing much else. So, um, so the building business definitely was. Uh, and plus, I did, I'd embarrass him. I think you know, in front of people, if he'd say, "Go get, like, could you go get my Phillips?" And I'd co- I'd come back with a putty knife or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got you, Dad. Is this right? That, that kind of sounds like me. Um, so yeah, that definitely was not my calling card. So the closest I think I of anything uh, job wise that I had that would at least possibly be able to more naturally evolve into uh, stand up was uh, radio, which I uh, did in high school. They, we had a really good radio station, and uh, and that was really uh, kind of a pivotal. Pivotal. Uh, I'll try to say it right. <laughs> Pivotal. Uh, you know, uh, point in my life because that really I g- became very passionate about it. So when I started college, I that's why I kept transferring college to college. I'd go where the the radio job was that I wanted to do. So um, so I did that for a few years before the first comedy club opened, and and uh, I never really got radio out of my blood. I did a show um, for about twelve years on Sundays, as in fact. Uh, at the alternative radio station here in town, okay, called the Hangover Cafe, and and it was like the best. If you uh, are into, uh, you know, if you're really into radio, it was the best situation you could ever be. I could say anything I wanted. I could play anything I wanted. Oh, nice! And then, well, corporate radio finally came sure, out. Sure, yeah, and, and just had these preloaded playlists. And, yeah. yeah, definitely not doing that today. That's <laughs> yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. Yeah, and it was a specialty show. I mean, the rest of the station was very formatted. But what I mean by corporate radio, they they finally pulled the rug out from under it. Oh, we're not going to pay for any more specialty shows, and so that was the end of the now, Hangover yeah. What I'm, I'm imagining still about bringing it back, I still can't get it out of my head that please I'd like do to do a internet radio or do something with. Well, you it. you yeah, have absolutely. obviously you have the perfect voice for yeah, it. You're, absolutely. You have the perfect radio. Well, voice. that's a glandular problem. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> uh, uh, may, I'm scheduled for the Mayo Clinic. Uh, Try to figure out what just, it is. Just being but, optimistic. No, uh, <laughs> no, I appreciate it. It's it's hereditary. I can't. <laughs> take any credit for it my uh my mother was uh, suzanne plachette and my uh my father's uh, b arthur so um <laughs> doesn't even make sense i know we can edit a lot of this <laughs> yeah you know, oh, absolutely for example i all the all the uh, setup you had about being a clean comedian and i realized i let a word slip right before i said pumpkin spice and that's the only thing i think that make, makes me swear <laughs> so i'm assuming bj will edit that and we, people won't have to hear the uh, slight swear word before pumpkin spice. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we can, uh, so can try it. to find that time signature in there and get it out of there. But right. I can also just let BJ know that he goes through here and reads I it. And if there's ever anything we need to take out, we can make it happen. Really? Because yeah. I can see that being a real career derailer for me. Exactly. Uh, so, like, I could just, you know, just be like, I'm going to call somebody this and clap my hands and he would right. be able to take it out. But no, I, uh, uh, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, generally, yeah. um, we are, are to the point where, like, 
you know, there are days where, where we come in here and just like, we're like, did we really say that on mic? But then there are days where we're like, yeah, let's kind of, let, let's kind of pump the brakes a little bit. Right. And, and, and I love the balance. I love the balance there. I think it's, I think it's just one of those things that like also can have from that paradigm can have a little bit extra punch because you're mm-hmm. not expecting the sort of left turn. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, uh, that's something we can take care of if we need to for sure. <laughs> I'm kind of overreacting just for, think he was a joke. Sort of yeah. That one there. Oh, okay. I'm the comedian that didn't get the joke. I just no, no, no. I just I, I, I you can sure you can clean it up. More I'm gonna edit that part out. Yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> I was I was sitting over here like, damn, did he really not get the joke? This is gonna be a seven minute show when it's <laughs> yeah, over. Yeah, there. exactly, exactly. <laughs> but speaking of seven minutes, that makes me think about uh, how radio is still kind of in my blood. Like, uh, yeah, uh, like uh, you know, especially classic rock stations or whatever that I worked over the years. Um, it got to the point we call we called them like bathroom records. They were the the longer uh, songs where you had time to take a break, and so uh, these these bathroom like it's stairway like to stairway heaven. to heaven. Yep. There you go or uh, 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 live Freebird uh, free live. Yeah. Yep, yep. And so uh, now, even though I haven't been doing radio for quite a while, um, I still hear a bathroom record, and even when I don't have to go I, I i go it's kind of a pavlov yeah. dog kind of thing yeah. I, I still yeah. have to it's really embarrassing especially heaven forbid if, you're in the mall and all of a sudden yeah, you hear yeah. the intro to exactly. free bird or, or yeah. applying for a loan and and yeah. all of a sudden uh, you know <laughs> the, 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 the muzak has, a, uh, has yeah. a version of a free bird but uh so uh yeah i think that i think radio was the most natural and and plus then i did a morning radio and and for that there was humor and i wrote bits for that and a few things um you know they don't all transfer to yeah. uh, stage and in, in front of folks, but some did. So I kind of had at least a start of material, and uh, and I was really ready. I mean, it was sort of like uh, I think radio. Um, it wasn't that I didn't still like it, but I didn't like kind of the the politics of it. Oh yeah, yeah. And so, um, uh, in fact, there's like at the point where somebody new would come in, like a program director. And I get fired just because they wanted their own people. I mean, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Well, it could have been something I did. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah. uh, so um, I sort of thought. Well, it's, I think I'd need a change of pace, and I've always wanted to do uh, comedy. I just didn't think I had the guts to do it. And so when the first club opened in uh, Indianapolis here, Crackers, um, I think it was about the sixth or seventh week. I went on uh, what they their their version of an open mic night back then. It was uh, uh, probably like a Wednesday or something. And uh, and I don't think they even dedicated to open mic. I think it was actually you know you could go up before the show early on and do a set. Oh, gotcha! And thankfully, because uh, it took you know some courage for me to even do it, uh, it went well. Because I hear all these horror stories about comics that say the first time was such a devastating experience they don't get up for another year or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had or times, at all. Yeah, right. No. I had times after that first time that I bombed, of course. But that first time, I think. You know, at least got me, uh, and, and the, and for that first, I mean, I got a lot of good breaks because I was like the house comic, I guess, the first year nice. at Crackers, and so I was there a lot. But I always thought uh, back then, I thought, well, I some of these po- folks might have seen a show last week. I don't want to do the same material, mm-hmm. so I would almost overwrite and come up with stuff, and that's why ah. I, I lent myself to uh, chances of of you know things not working because I was. Uh, Trying so much new stuff, and back then I even used props. By the way, no, really, uh, yeah, like what? Like, like what was one of use? Just inventive. Uh, I mean, just stuff I'd come up with. It was stupid. I, I had uh, like this. Uh, I don't know why this is the only one coming to mind right this second, but I had like a poster board, and I glued all these uh, raisins on there in the shape of a almost like a stick figure, 
man. And out of nowhere, I would just pick it up uh, in between bits, and I'd say, uh, I don't know, sometimes I just like to make things out of raisins. And, uh, you know... <laughs> Talk about <laughs> just that's I mean it's, going it's deep, a, but yeah if you don't have a segue I mean yeah. that's that's <laughs> and there was there were several things like that and so yeah. sort of um, and then uh, for a while there I became that label uh, that is uh, by the way uh, very flattering but uh, what they call a comics comic yeah which is I think a gentle way to say unsuccessful <laughs> uh, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So, uh, That's so funny. That is so, I've so tried funny. To, <laughs> I've tried to be uh, still loyal to that and at the same time uh, kind of hybrid it together knowing that, you know, when you're in front of what certain audiences at least, yeah. you know, you do, you still deliver your, uh, yeah. you know, your, you proven, can't always, your proven material. And, you can't you know, always play to the back of the room. Don't experiment yeah. too much. Yeah, right, exactly. right. And, and that's such a funny thing because like, there's a big difference between watching a comics comic like I've uh, I, I've seen a couple people that I would put in that in that realm like um, Andy Kindler I think is a yeah, is, a, a, is a comics I, comic yeah yeah, yeah I, I like, love Andy I Kindler like um, uh, let's see who else uh, did I see that was that way Stuart Huff is a comics comic um, if you've ever seen Stuart Huff on and stage I know of Stuart but I haven't yeah, yeah he's I've he's super animated knowledgeable yeah. and is just hard hitting um, and uh, I I've seen probably a couple more but but those folks come to mind because the comics in the back of the room are not only loving what they're seeing because they appreciate it from from you know just a j just a fellow craftsmanship but like also the but they're also bringing the audience along for the ride as well and that's just one of those things that like there are some people selling out stadiums right now that some comics are like Eesh, please turn that off you know what i mean and like right. and 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 you're going to have that with music too you know what i mean but like mm -hmm. uh uh i would i would definitely uh uh, when you when you said that you keep that in mind, that that means a lot. I think I mean to me as a comic, and I think it means a lot to other comics that like you know um, you, you, you're you know developing, but also holding on to that part of it. So yeah, yeah, cool. I, I think it's. Uh, I mean, it was kind of a, a learning process along the way, but uh, well, you know, that, and plus, I guess the reason not wanting to let go of sometimes taking a risk is when you do, uh, even if it's a show where people are like, oh, you know, that's not that's a pretty big show. You shouldn't necessarily be throwing something out that you haven't really either said before or that uh, that you just don't, you know, that have, you any, have any out yet. feedback yeah. exactly for yet. And, but if it, if, it, if, it, uh, if it hits, then there's nothing better than, than the fact that you, you put it in there and now you get, you know, this, this new bit you're so happy with and, and all that. So I... I think it's. Uh, I don't. I don't think you ever should lose your, uh, you know, risk yeah. taking. Because uh, uh, I, I sort of. Yes, I'm a, a risk taker. I mean, I don't. I only. You know, I only wear a helmet usually when I uh, bike or <laughs> uh, you know uh, take the trash out or go fetch the mail. But um, so no, I think it's good to have a certain amount of, of uh, a risk, even if you are hired by somebody to do a great show. Yeah. Uh, and, and by a great show, meaning the stuff that you know has worked time after time. Mm -hmm. if, if nothing else, it kind of keeps you alert. It's sort of like sure. you don't fall into a routine thing so much where you're... Uh, so complacent. You're not even really feeling the bits you're saying anymore. It's just sort of, you know... Going through the motions. But, yeah, well, That's yeah. kind of been the story of my life is uh, risk-taking. I, yeah. I haven't really done a lot of risk-taking. Um, but when I do something good always comes out of it. Yeah, sure. There's things that happen that are, that are bad as well, but 
for the majority of, of what I've took risk on, it, it's it, there, there's been more good than bad. And mm-hmm. I kind of think like that's kind of what my life is about is is um, m- like stop being so complacent and, and just put yourself out there. Obviously, make good calculated decisions and don't go into something completely blind. But, you know, taking a risk that that doesn't mean you're you don't know anything about the situation. That means you've done your research, you've studied, and now you're able to take a risk on something that you know a little bit more about. And one thing that I have, I've always told Buck, I, I don't know that I could ever get on stage. There's just, there's an anxiety to it for me. Um, I just, I, I want people to like me. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like conflict. I don't, I, I do jujitsu, but I do that stuff to like, not get into fights like that's a lot of people think martial arts is about fighting people and in my opinion it's it's being able to de-escalate a situation control your opponent or whoever it might be so that you can keep yourself and others safe and so um risk taking i think is in comedy i think that would that would be like one of the most important things you're not going to come up with new bits you're not going to um bring new audience members in you know you're going to be with the same group of people all the time and those people for the most part they maybe they're just doing comedy just for the hell of it just like for a i don't know a little side hustle or something and they don't want to get big but taking risk is is probably one of the most important things in in my life right now oh it was great Mm -hmm. I, i bombed at an open night just bombed ate it and just was sitting there just like and then yeah. but then i went to bucks on wednesday and murdered no yeah. bad, no better feeling same jokes yeah different yeah. crowd mm-hmm. and, yeah uh, and it's yeah. it's really one of those super cool feelings and i and i because i've seen you at uh at um kettle top a couple of times one time you didn't realize what had happened before you and it affected your set and like <laughs> yeah. uh and like you didn't realize until after the fact that someone pointed it out to you what the comic priority and made the energy weird but anyway um uh, but that second time you brought almost the same material and, and you did and it got a much better response and you know that's that's not only what reps will do but also what you know you know just uh, sometimes even just new faces because sometimes like there's this there's this weird sort of um, there's this weird sort of like uh, conceited idea that like it's never the crowd if they don't laugh it's because you're not funny it's like well it could be a late show on a Saturday the yeah. room's too hot and they're all full like and they just are tired and laughing not laughing so you know there's there's a lot of stuff that goes into that but but what what would you call your biggest risk on stage what what was the biggest risk you ever took on stage oh I used to do a lot of uh, uh, just really out there um, songs. Uh, that were um, just either edgy or, or out there that could not possibly connect with every single person in the audience. Okay. And um, so it'd be like there'd be a you know a, a music background, and then I'd get up there and, and go through these words. And I'm not uh, you know a singer, so it wasn't so much that as it was like talking the lyrics. And and it was always I mean I didn't think of it at the time being risky, but it. It was because it was sort of like and I usually do it toward the first of the show. Like, let me tell you a little bit about myself, and then I go through a a, uh, a song uh, <laughs> uh, deal. One was that I recall. I don't. It's it's like unless you're really into uh, music history, I guess it wouldn't make a, a lot of sense. But it was uh, a uh, uh, kind of like I guess for lack of a better genre, soul song from the '70s called uh, "Float On" by the Floaters, and the guys that. Uh, talked in the song 
would say what their astrological sign was, and then they would tell a little bit about themselves. And so what I was doing was a total mockery of, oh. of that. Because <laughs> I'm Dave and I'm an Aries, but then I go through all these things. I like a woman who, and then it, it was it That's was That's hilarious. Was it a, for like a freestyle type of thing, or did you have it like pre, was uh, it pre-wrote? It was sort of like a, uh, there was some bullet points that I knew I was going to say, yeah. and then it sort of developed into a thing that became a little more scripted okay. yeah. after doing it time after time. There must have been some about it that I enjoyed doing it in spite of an awkward moment it could create some places um and and maybe that's another thing i like about comedy i kind of like awkward moments sometimes i think if the if you know how to play off of them mm-hmm. at least it can kind of add a little uh human oh absolutely to a, to a show and so everyone yeah, can I, relate to awkwardness oh my god yeah. Yeah. i and that might have answered your question as as good as i like because i i know there's been other risky Situations probably that would uh, one up that, but that's what I remember. Is just these. Yeah. Were they acapella? Kinda, were, were were you just singing yeah. them acapella? Okay. Yeah. I, I guess I didn't know if you maybe had had an instrument with you or something. No, or, no. Or, yeah. It was like there was already a, and I don't miss this at all. It's like uh, the worst part of doing a show, to me, is when you have to go into the because uh, these were usually at, at uh, pretty established clubs and stuff where they had a, you know, sound booth uh, and everything, and have to go in and and give somebody your cues and have to rely on the fact that it was going to hit the cue and the music was going to be loud enough and all those things that you have yeah. no control over and can completely kind of even even though you're you know your your bid already uh is taking a bit of a chance now all of a sudden you got that another person has to right. hit play at the right time yeah yeah um and now you know nowadays they have the sort of like bluetooth technology you can almost just hit the button on stage and right, like do right. that sort of thing which you know can be cool but at the same time depending on how your set's going you know uh, that's just not yeah, you know, logical. So uh, let's talk a little bit ha- about. Um, so, so you said that you, you you got started in crackers, and you kind of started. Um, when did you realize, or what was was there a gig that you were just like, oh, I can lean into this, and you know, really start you know gaining some momentum. Um, I'm not sure if I can remember a specific like here was the gig that turned it all around, but I would say that uh, again, I feel very fortunate because I you know some. Times you get breaks. There's great comics that maybe didn't get the, the the breaks, the same kind of breaks, and they deserved them. But yeah, uh, that's all I guess by chance. But anyway, there was enough folks coming through Crackers that were not only uh, very established comedians, but they were also very uh, helpful. You know, and so uh, the ones that come to mind are like uh, you know, Jay Leno and Gary Shandling and Bob Saget and all these guys that have been. Doing yeah. it longer than I had, and Jay had, Leno went through crackers. Oh yeah, yeah. A few As times. a young comic yeah. out of the comedy store, for sure. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, man. and uh, I mean, all pre Tonight Show, uh, Jay Leno and stuff. But uh, he was still kind of a, a pretty well known, at least in the in the in the uh, world of live stand up comedy. He was already uh, pretty well established, and so what that sort of evolved. In, I mean, I started when I started featuring because you know I said like I did that first year I was. The host and and uh, you know doing fifteen minutes uh, of material, and uh, then after I started featuring and getting booked at other clubs outside of Crackers and stuff around, then I think it sort of just felt right. It's sort of like okay, now I doing more time and uh, not necessarily feeling like I have to change every set, which was only in my mind. It was it was not uh, necessary um, because I'm going to different markets yeah. and stuff. Sure and. Um, so then 
um, I think some encouragement from some of those uh, uh, comics that were were headliners and stuff uh, to consider moving to Los Angeles. And I think I'd always wanted to move to, to California, uh, at least for a while. And um, I went out there and then and then that. Uh, now, the only thing I would say is, uh, in retrospect, I think I almost went a little too early because, again, I wasn't a headliner yet. Yeah. And so I auditioned at the comedy store and um, I kind of did this about three or four months before I actually committed to the move. I thought, I want to make sure that I've got a club to work out of and yeah. there's some sort of stability. Because and, what, the, the, yeah. there were no other clubs in L.A. at the time. Like Laugh Factory wasn't there. I mean, was Laugh the Factory Ice House was, there at the time? Laugh was Factory, they, they, were, they were all there. Okay, yeah. okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I was just going to say there was Comedy Store, there was the Improv. Uh, Laugh Factory, believe it or not, was a, just a shell of what it is now. Yeah. I mean, it was literally like a place where you could go in and do a set, and uh, the same guy was running it. Yeah, Jamie and I. I that yeah, was, yeah, that Jamie was a, still runs it. That for was a Bob Saget yeah. connection, Bob, because I was saying I want some other clubs to work out of other than just my sets that yeah. I did at the comedy store. And he said, uh, "Jamie, call Jamie at the Laugh Factory. I'll, I'm sure he'll put you on." But it, back then, you could go in and there'd be seven people in the audience. I mean, it yeah. was just not; it hadn't grown into what it became <clears throat> yeah. later. Uh, but it was there, and so was the Ice House. It had been there in Pasadena for a while, and the uh, Comedy and Magic Club down in Hermosa Beach. There was a lot of uh, great place. There was yeah. also one, this doesn't exist anymore, but in West Hollywood, called a uh, small club called Igby's, and that was a that was a pretty good uh, one, too. So doing all those just helped grow so much, and, um, and then being exposed to being able to, to do appearances on TV shows and stuff. Sure. So the, that was sort of the reason for going there because, I mean, I feel like I'm still uh, never really broke that Midwest-type um, uh, mentality. Yeah. And, you know, this just feels right here as far as the, the people and, and the mindset and everything. But I was out there about seven years, and, and it really, um, you know, again, I was fortunate. I got, got some breaks. Although at the comedy store, I ended up having to audition twice because I thought I was beating the system by going four months before I was – Maybe yeah. got to move out there, and uh, showcased in front of Mitzi on Monday nights when you did those, and it felt like it went pretty well. I was yeah. actually thinking, "Oh, okay, good. This, um, you know, went better than I thought it would." I did. It was kind of one of the, the first, might have been my first uh, show in front of a Hollywood type audience. Yeah, and she was in the back, agents and, in the crowd, and whatnot, sort of thing, yeah. or just Mitzi. Well, that night was just. For Mitzi, as far as I know, gotcha. I think agents were in and out of there. Yeah. When it, sometimes on regular, probably know they were there, but yeah. uh, but this was for her. And then after I did the set, I didn't talk to her. Um, I didn't know how the system worked, and so since she didn't approach me or anything, I thought, oh well, even though it felt okay with the audience, maybe she just didn't like it or whatever. And so I um, I end up calling back uh, just because I thought, well, if I if I don't find out, I'm not going to have peace yeah. of mind. And this was like a one-month vacation of trying to see if everything was uh, going to fall in place enough. And so I called, and the uh, lady that uh, worked for Metsy, her assistant, said, yeah, she really, she liked you. She couldn't figure out why you didn't come over and talk to her. So that was what you had to do there. You had to, oh, you had to man. find her. And so, um, so I said, oh, well, that's great. And she goes, matter of fact, uh, she'll give you uh, sets if you want to call in every monday and we they give you the sets that you mm -hmm. you know have for the week and so i um i said well i'm going back home i uh, you know i leave for uh uh indiana tomorrow um so four months passed and then i called and i said uh hey i don't know if you remember me and you know uh uh did the showcase back in september 
And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I think I remember. Uh, and she said, I'll, uh, give me a call back. I'll talk to Mitzi. She goes, Mitzi can't remember you. Uh, you're going to have to <laughs> showcase again. So oh, I thought, man. well, this could blow everything. Now I've committed to moving here, and i got to showcase again. If this one doesn't go as well as the first one, then oh, maybe man. it's done. But uh, fortunately, it, 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 it went fine. And then I Killed it twice. went over to her afterwards like I was told to do. Yeah. And <laughs> Do you remember yeah. who you showcased with? Um, or, or were there any uh, major notables on uh, like at the store? Oh, other people that same night, or or just like that were like in your class that, or like as you were get trying to get into the comedy store at the same. Oh, time? Oh, I got you. Yeah, uh, yeah. There was a whole bunch of guys. I don't know if they're uh, in late, and I still remember them. Just like you know, uh, I don't know what happened to all of them. Some yeah, of them yeah, I yeah. do, uh, but they most of them weren't, as I recall, household names. Gotcha. If you want to call it that. And what, um, what year was this? I don't know that I, I asked that. Like, oh, like around year. what time it was, was this? Uh, 80, I moved out there in 85. Okay. It was okay. out there about seven years. So. Weren't okay. even born yet. No. no, no. Nearly. <laughs> Very nearly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I was, uh, I was uh, seven and a half. I was what's the, uh, uh, <laughs> sort of a child prodigy. Early bloomer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what's yeah. the, uh, so I, I, a lot of our favorite comedians, they work out of the comedy store. Uh-huh. It's obviously really big now. What, what, um, what is it about that place that like brings so many people there to like because uh, cause, you know well, not not everybody gets big like you said out of the comedy store but yeah. it seems like everybody just flocks there because that's where they think their name is is going to get get out from I, I i guess it's just the history i mean I, um as far as when it really became a, a club was a, i think maybe in the early 70s around 72 comes to mind i don't know from reading history of it mm-hmm. and uh pretty Soon it just grew into having that reputation of being, you know, the place to be seen, and also, uh, um, you know, having having a lot of uh, uh, comics that were from all over and and all different types of styles and everything. They always said that the comedy store had their type of comic, and the improv had theirs, and and uh, so I did the comedy store for three years, but then I went over to the improv. So I don't know if that makes me a traitor or whatever. But <laughs> I and started doing some of the more of those clubs, the other clubs I yeah. mentioned. But um, again, I part of my problem is, and this was, uh, you know, I go in as a with only a, enough material as a feature, really, as far as my experience, anyway. And uh, uh, remember when we were talking about this because I never finished that uh, thought about how I, uh, in retrospect, I might have. Waited a little longer. Oh yeah, yeah. Until yeah. I was a headliner. Remember that? Those, yeah, were, yeah. those were the days. It was like, <laughs> it was like about but it was about three and a half hours ago. We, um, we were having fun. But uh, yeah, but no, that was that was basically um, what I would say is that if you go in and you already are a headliner, yeah, then I think you may you connect even more. And uh, even though that happened while I was there, it was mostly because I was working outside gigs in yeah. the area. There was a lot of comedians. Uh, uh, Bob Zaney, I'm sure you know that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob used to book me on all these rooms, so he was kind of early, you know, in that support system of uh, of being able to grow your show to be in, you know, like where you're a headliner and work, yeah. working the road as a headliner too. Um, and there's other guys like that that booked rooms out in the California, uh, you know, in the Los Angeles, I guess, area. So they were usually within three or four hours. Yeah. So that's. <laughs> So, uh, so you, 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 uh, worked at the comedy store and you're, um, you know, you're, uh, you know, but building this career. Uh, so over the course of your career, what would you say are the like 
top venues that you've performed at or like you know do you have like a top or like do just some just jump out at you as the best or well i mean there were there were places i guess of of known um um uh, you know that had, had quite a bit of recognition even even out there like the beverly theater and places like that but i think uh and i've done some outdoor shows that were you know, huge audiences, but they weren't there to see me. It was like uh, I'm opening for oh, Chicago gotcha. or gotcha. Open for Meatloaf once, believe it or not. There you and, go. Uh, <laughs> and those are those are those feel challenging because if they're oh, not yeah. there to see you, yeah, uh, a lot of times they're even still getting in their their uh, seat uh, yep. and stuff while you're up there, you know, doing your uh, shtick. But it was it was still, um, I guess, good experience. My favorite uh, venue would be in general theaters because. Yep. You have that ideal situation where the audience is all facing you, and and uh, they're there. You know, they're there for the reason to see the show, and yeah. and it just has a lot of good focus. I guess is why I like theater. So I, I would say, as far as a type of venue, um, not a specific one, but it would be, it would be that. In fact, the last show I did before the pandemic was at a, at a theater. Uh, okay, but it was Logan's Port, but it was still <laughs> it was still a theater. It was and, still a theater, uh, yeah. And it was actually it was a really uh, it was a really fun show, but. Um, but it, that was again versus some of the theaters I've done. That was a movie theater, so I got to share the uh, marquee with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. That, uh, that hey, uh, there you go. Yeah, which I wish I wish that was a joke. It's a but, good movie. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, but any any theater, yeah, uh, would be like okay. I can't wait because I get this uh, show at a theater coming up because I always know that that's going to be yeah. Um, you know, you're going to have full attention pretty much and. And uh, th- and anyway, though I mean I do everything. I do. I did a show this past week. I did it. It was a family reunion, basically, out in North Carolina, and uh, I booked it when things were just starting to like get rolling again. Now the schedule's getting full, but back then I didn't have that many things on the schedule, and so I wasn't being picky at all. I just said, "Yeah, I'll come out," and it turned out to be really good. It could have been a nightmare. I've done oh, a yeah. couple of those shows. Family reunion sounds like a dice roll. <laughs> I've done a couple of those kind of shows over yeah. the years where. Uh, in fact, one of them was like a contest where somebody, or like it was a fundraiser, and they wanted to know if I would donate a show and anybody could bid on it. I ended up in some uh, uh, family who did not speak my language's uh, uh, living room uh, for this show that they doing uh, comedy that, that they bid on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is hilarious! <laughs> That's that. These are the kind what of language that, did they speak? Uh, I, I believe they were. Well, I mean, I, this is too g- gen- generic, but they yeah. were, and they were really nice folks. But they were uh, mi- Middle East. But okay. I, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. want to say I know exactly what. Sure, exactly. I, yeah, I don't the, think the, I remember. There's but a I, lot of different languages out there. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so, so when and if there's anything the Midwest is not short on, it's theaters. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are there are these beautiful old theaters in. Yep. So many towns across the Midwest that, you know, that is one of those things that, like, you know, um, comedians like you that have uh, not only um, honed, the, you know, these skills over a, a over a career, you also, you know, have the ability to reach such a large, relatable audience, which is why I think, you know, um, if there are any bookers listening to this, you, you need to call Dave Dugan. Not that I need to, not that you need any much more promotion, but like, you know, like, like if he's not, you know, in a theater in your town, you know, I think you're missing out on an opportunity and I'm excited to get you into Anderson to, for a, I you know, th- to that. Th- this is probably so one of the, one of the, this isn't literally a theater, but it, yeah. it, it, it has that sort of feel. 
deal. It's a nice big stage in the back of the room, and uh, um, it's gonna um, have a lot of. It's gonna have that same sort of feel. Um, but you know, the flyover, uh, right? Yep, the flyover. Yep. Uh, the flyover is uh, located just off the interstate. Um, you can check them out at the flyover live. Uh, and get, again, get those tickets at simpleticks.com. Um, com. Um, throw that plug in there, BJ. How long have we been going, buddy? Uh, we've got about ten minutes. Cool. So there. I've been over here researching you like a creepy person, Dave. I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. But it's part of my job. Yeah. Um, but one of the I've things been that comes. I've by <laughs> the past. No, I don't know. That. If I was prettier, you'd probably appreciate <laughs> it more. But yeah. you did Dick Clark's nighttime show in 1985. <laughs> Is that correct? That was the first national uh, TV show I did, yeah. Holy cow. Dick Clark back then had, uh, had and I don't want to interrupt if you were going to ask a question about it, but I was going to say he had like, literally rotating late night shows on Friday night where it'd be on for like two seasons and then he'd come back with another one with it was basically this the same thing he's always done it was like the oh yeah bandstand where he's got mostly music but he uh, on this particular one now instead of just music like bandstand he was he was interjecting a uh, a stand-up and so uh, oh oh boy oh, I get to gum. actually seeing a photo <laughs> of that oh nice BJ so uh, and, and by the way nice had a, had a trace of sarcasm to it but um <laughs> But uh, yeah, he he was and he was great. He came up after the show and and uh, said not only did he say I really uh, like the what you did. He he specified a bit which at the time was a uh, 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 so it shows you the time period. It was like a a, a David Byrne uh, Talking Heads <laughs> bit that I did, one of the more risky ones by the yeah. way because that one did not always play well. But he liked it and I did it on that show and. Um, <laughs> this will really set the tone of the time period. Uh, the uh, musical guest on with me was the uh, the Thompson Twins. <laughs> so that's a name that I, I honestly don't know much about the Thompson Twins, no. but I've heard my I've very, heard my mom and her friends reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, uh, the Thompson Twins. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I know. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm 41, so yeah. like yeah, I remember the Thompson Twins. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, what you 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 love playing theaters and uh uh. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, um, clubs have been such a you know big part of your career as well. Um, are there any clubs that while that while you're or or while you're doing theaters, are there any clubs that you will go back to no matter what if they called you? Oh, let's see. Uh, since I have fallen out of the club circuit, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, it would be uh, it would be Wiley's. Yeah, I mean, I still. It's not like I don't work there anymore. Yeah. I just haven't uh, pursued to book there uh, very because uh, I was I was probably I've probably been there thirty times over the years and gone through a couple of different uh, folks that were you yeah. know, running. Shout out so to Wiley's in Dayton, by the way. If you haven't checked out, that yeah, club, check them well, out. I always love that club. Um, you know, I'd still say I like the. I mean, I don't want to specify because I like the Indianapolis. Oh, sure, clubs a lot. So I don't want to just yeah. say I'm only you know. Yeah, only yeah, like yeah this absolutely. One club. Um, but as far as out of town, I would say that one comes to mind. I um, usually uh, uh, I haven't been to Louisville for a while, but I always yeah. like that club, the uh, Caravan down Caravan. there, right? Yeah, yep. yeah, that's a really good comedy club down so, there. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, it's not that I don't like theaters. I do, and if somebody uh, said, you know, we'd want we want you to work there, I would definitely, you know, definitely consider it. And at the same time, the focus just went a different direction yeah. here the last few years. I think once. It's been more than the last few years. I think once I started having uh, family and everything, mm -hmm. and I'd already done so many, you know, week after week at at uh, you know this funny bone in you know Topeka, Kansas. Uh, I mean, for a while there, they were just booking everywhere, you know, and um, 
and being kind of a homebody that felt weird, but it, it was my life for a while. And then with family, I think I just thought, you know, I could go do private shows, corporate shows, and, you know, I'm only gone maybe overnight or at the most two two days or whatever as opposed to maybe five days. Yeah. And so I think that's what sort of uh, dictated a different direction. Sure. But, you know, I still have respect for a good comedy club and still would do it, you know, yeah. uh, in a heartbeat if I, if I had if I had comedians saying, you know, you haven't done this club, but I think you'd love it. I'd, yeah. that'd, be, that'd be all I'd need to hear. So, for sure. So you've you've been on Bob and Tom, correct? Uh, many times, yeah, over the years. Like, I think uh, mid... Uh, 250. Mid-80s. Well, that that's probably a little estimated. That's my abacus at work again. Well, you, uh, <laughs> but you, you're co-creator of Sid and Bart. Uh, that is true. I grew up listening to Bob and Tom. Okay. Like, I'm from Seymour, so yeah. We, we, yeah. we got Bob and Tom. So I grew up listening to that, and I just read that, and I was like, oh, Sid and Bart was one of my favorites. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you I mean, that's very fun to do. It's a very dark side character for me. It's uh, sort of not not me at all, but that's what makes it kind of fun to uh, play. We had all the CDs. Okay. Yeah, we were on several Bob and Tom CDs, and, and my friend Whit Grayson, uh, who co-created uh, that and also is the voice of Sid, um, and I did those... Uh, Gosh, I don't know how many years and went on these Bob and Tom trips when they used to do the trips to Disney World and the Bahamas and everything for Super Bowl uh, weekend. Oh, yeah. And those were some of the most fun ones. Those ones didn't end up on uh, CDs, by the way, uh, uh, because they were – the quality was good enough to hear that day, but it still lacked a little bit of the studio quality. Yeah. So they never – so that stuff was like a one and done, and those were some of the most fun ones we put together. You know, you mentioned uh, the Bart, McCar- uh, Bart McAllister character, and uh, this might be too long of a story. We got to wrap this up. Well, I mean, uh, I, I don't know that we're, we're on a hard time. I, I well, just, I just like to know when we're around about an hour. So, I just, so yeah, I, I think you're okay. I got to be honest. I didn't know how this was going to go, so I left my car idling. But uh, the uh, <laughs> it's no longer out there. I the, check. Uh, <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. So uh, you got all the time in the world. Some uh, <laughs> a fan of the Sid and Bart days um, sent a. Uh, a custom-made baseball bat, and it was based on a bit we did, which was called "This Big Old Club." And and he, uh, you know, he he made the bat himself. I think he was actually from the Kentucky, maybe even the Louisville area, uh, at the home of the bats or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, and sent it to the show. And then Dean, the producer at uh, Bob and Tom, said, "I think this might be should go to you, or whatever to to me and and Sid." So. Anyway, this story I'm getting ready to say this because it just happened this last week. I'm out going out to visit my son and doing that show uh, for the North Carolina family reunion. Uh, so I'm heading out east, and I've got a car full of uh, that baseball bat, which I never took out of my car yet. I've got the bat. I've got. Uh, I'm going out there to take my son's uh, his stuff because he's still moving in out to Maryland. He's gonna. He just graduated. He's gonna start teaching history, and he's got. He collects all these things. So he's got. He's got historical weapons. Uh, and uh, and you know uh, uh, helmets and different things from the uh, medieval years and all that. So I've got a car not only with that bat, but now I've got a crossbow because uh, that's his, and he's going to teach uh, archery in addition to teaching history at the at the high school that hired him. That's cool. As um, hell. And he, and I've got a uh, a sword, uh, this huge like uh, axe from that's you know it's razor sharp, and I'm heading to Washington D.C. Um, <laughs> So the only thing missing was a Viking helmet with a lot of fur on it uh, <laughs> for me not to get detained, so to speak, I guess. Uh, 
<laughs> so it looked very suspicious and it didn't even cross my mind. My wife actually pointed out, she goes, you realize what all's in your car and where you're heading, right? <laughs> yeah, you're already on a list. Right. Right. <laughs> and depending on the bumper sticker, depending on the state, kind of could go either way. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. 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 Coming yep. here to get King Arthur? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh-huh. So have um, you ever thought about get, like getting back into uh, radio or maybe not even radio, but just like podcasting? Well, I yeah. I, I have uh, it has crossed my mind, and uh, especially I think that YouTube, uh, those little short videos, was sort of a dabbling into that mm-hmm. area in case I would want to do that more um, as a full time thing. And um, but radio, I guess, because uh, so into music, and my daughter, who's uh, seventeen, but she's uh, she likes the same kind of stuff I do, which means she likes all the uh, you know kind of alternative, well, not alternative like mainstream alternative, but I guess the uh, deeper, you know, what some people call college rock stuff, uh, but that has that timeless sound that still sounds like it could be from the '60s, and that's sure. the kind of mm-hmm. stuff I like. So I like Absolutely. all. The, I like the new and the old stuff like that. She does too, and she's on the radio station, that same one I was at in high school. And so I would, I, I mean, I'm literally thinking about, you know, this yeah. has given me the motivation to uh, get the type of show I had on before. But I would guess internet. I just don't know if there's any terrestrial radio that that would even be uh open to that anymore yeah it's uh, yeah podcasting is pretty much taken over the whole radio talk show type of thing it's it's well there's there's thirsty go entertainment which dustin roller who we know they just started their own music channel thirstygoatradio.com so they're playing the music that they want to play so there's even that they built that off of their podcast Mm. yeah uh rock fin i think does some stuff like that as well Yeah, i think so um but but yeah and that's and it also is so much easier to to distribute as well and i highly endorse uh any idea that you have of getting back into radio and i you know would would uh (laughs) would love to would love to help you with any questions that you have in that realm and i think bj i mean not, not, not that you you know don't have you know the resources that you need but i mean um in the podcasting realm there are a lot of local podcast that wouldn't exist without you know this guy right here so um if if there's anyone to, to give you you know at least a step in the right direction then i think i, I would know. like to get your uh insight so once we wrap this up uh yeah we've i've uh, actually worked with uh jess hooker actually oh okay yeah, yeah. that's one of a uh, good friend of mine yeah yeah no i'd like to hear what you have to say because that, that's part of it is like if uh just wanting to do uh you know a radio show and i'd like it to be a com- combination of comedy and music um uh, or humor music at least and um, that's easy to say on paper but then there's all the rights to that music and stuff yeah. that you have to do and uh, the, so yeah and then and yeah I'll, yeah yeah by yeah. the way i warner brothers i still can't stand you universal music <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well yeah. one of the things about so like we distribute through anchor okay um and anchor is owned by spotify who owns a lot of the rights to that music already right so if it's uh they kind of cover that on the top if you okay. if you distribute through anchor through your i, I can just do it from my phone he sends me the file. I put it on the internet for my phone, and, and it's that easy. And um, uh, yeah, they are okay with us playing these songs at the end and any right. other songs because sometimes we'll watch music videos and like break them down for for uh, whatever reasons um, and stuff like that. And so like we uh, uh, are able to play all these because Spotify already has those licenses. So so that could be a means of easing that process for you too. Huh. So we, we we can talk a little Moses. bit more of that technical shop after after we get the mics I, off. But I'm thinking uh, we get the mics off, wrap this up, and back. By the dumpster, we have a chat. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I think he's going to beat what the shit we, out. I was going to say, what are we I doing back there? I think he's going to kick 
my ass. I don't think Bill Gates is going to take me out back there. That's not where I do that. I don't do that by the dumpster. There is a woodshed out back. There's a woodshed. He's got weapons in his car. That's right. He's he's got medieval weapons in the car. And the car is idling, ready to go. He's ready to get it in. I delivered most of those weapons successfully. The bad is still in the car. There you go. It's either drugs or an ass whooping that's going on. So let's, well, one more thing before we wrap things up here. Uh, an accolade that um, I'm glad BJ didn't mention because I wanted to mention it is that you are a world record holder. Is that the case? Um, <laughs> for uh, yeah, yeah, for uh, for roundabout. How, how does this how does this work? Is- uh, well, since I my hometown is Carmel, yeah, and they have more roundabouts than any uh, city in the United States, which I think is 130 some of last count, maybe more than that now. I don't know. Um, I decided. Um, well, I was kind of tied into a, a fundraising situation. Uh, for, uh, Cancer Support Community is a group that uh, does an annual Laughing Matters uh, show uh, every spring. Yeah, and um, and I was booked to do that that uh, that year. So I thought, well, I'll tie into that. I'll uh, uh, see how many laps I can do around a roundabout, cause some more uh, awareness for the fundraiser. Yeah, and uh, and even raise some funds, which which we did. And so I picked uh, one of the roundabouts at Carmel and uh, did 717 uh, laps. Um, oh. I think I could have done more, actually. But uh, uh, anyway, um, I nature called and um and i uh, i didn't no think cups I had. in the car yeah. well i'm drinking a you know like a large coke from mcdonald's and i had myself all stocked up with water so i did it to myself but but 717 laps was maybe a little, maybe more than i thought when i just tried to envision how many i would do yeah and so um uh i i think you know this is great because uh, part of the reason I wanted to do the world record part of it, the selfish part, not the part for the, the good <laughs> cause, but my own selfish thing is I've always thought it would be great to be in the world record book and be uh, right across uh, on the on the page across from the guy with a beard of bees. That was always... Uh, <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. There's a guy with a beard of bees? Oh, yeah. He's got oh, yeah. a whole beard of bees. It's like one of the most... Uh, the real-life candy Iconic, uh, yeah, yeah, things yep. in, in the world of records. That or years. the nails. Like the, like Those the crazy nails long that, fingernails. Yeah, rolled yeah. up. Oh, yep. my God. That is... When I was a kid, that's, I couldn't that wait to That reminds me of a scary movie. Like, <laughs> just some creature with nails that right. just roll out and yeah, yeah. And well, the, the, the you know the world's uh, heaviest human and tallest yeah. and all that and I, I just attracted all that stuff yeah but so that was always a goal you know if yeah. i could just get in there somehow and uh then sounds this, like a win-win well this is being very honest and up front guinness book of world records um uh i didn't do this myself but submitting our world record uh they had no interest in it they said we don't we don't have any interest in a world record for uh, roundabouts what and what? uh yeah and so uh i ended up in some like off uh whatever again not guinness book of world records but at some uh off uh, what do you call that like a like yeah like a off, off brand, brand. Yeah, yeah 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 knock I think, off I, I, I guess i think it was the schlitz schlitz light uh, uh <laughs> book of world records maybe not guinness but schlitz light there we go and uh putin and, must be in charge of that one <laughs> and so uh um, forever so it kind of scammed me a little bit yeah but, uh so i guess it's still world record but maybe not in uh no. in the, 717 in the times around yeah that's pretty yeah. crazy about that how much time did that take that uh took well it was over three hours but uh, it wasn't way over three hours it was between three and four hours as i recall yeah. maybe i started did, like did they shut down the round like were there people still just going through the roundabout they picked one that was in a neighborhood kind of situation okay. where there was a lot of traffic as if i waited till after 
a certain time of the morning, we had a pretty good window of of cars might still come, but not okay. not very many. Yeah. So that was all kind of uh, plotted out. So I mean, next time I'm going to go full bore on this Guinness thing and. Uh, whatever it takes to get in that book, yeah, it might not be roundabouts, but uh, I think I, uh, and since they like the beard of bees, I think I might grow a, like a Van Dyke of murder hornets or something, <laughs> uh, just so I can be on that darn book. Yeah, but, uh, but just yeah. a Fu Manchu of wasps, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Fu Manchu. That's yeah. you don't hear that enough. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but um, the roundabouts. I mean, being up there and being so on them so often, it's yeah. really weird leaving the city of Carmel, which of course I do a lot. But then I kind of almost forget how to function at a regular four-way stop. I know. Yes. Yeah. I'm so used to the roundabouts because you're a Hamilton County yeah, resident. You yeah. Know what I'm, I'm talking about. It's not just Carmel. I mean, yeah. Fishers, Fishers Noblesville, they yeah, got it's, tons it's, of roundabouts. And they're putting more and more. They're literally like 30, 37 is under construction. It's been under construction for like, I don't know, six months now. Right. And they're putting all the roundabouts in there like they have uh, that um, in uh, Carmel. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, once once I, I, I went to Tampa Bay earlier this year. And I about lost my mind because oh, yeah. the stoplights literally lasted. I counted and I was at a stoplight for four and a half minutes. And I went, I think it was like 3.2 miles to go to, uh, to get some coffee. Yeah. It took me 45 minutes to yeah. go three and a half miles to get some coffee right. because of, there's no roundabouts. Like I didn't realize that it was so prevalent in Indiana, but literally nowhere else. You like, get spoiled. Yeah, roundabouts because, uh, like I say, if a regular four way stops coming up now, uh, so used to the roundabouts, I don't really remember how to handle that. I just uh, see a regular intersection coming up, and I just, I just shut my eyes, floor it, and take my chances because <laughs> that's the funniest thing. Because in in like Fishers and Carmel, it's like people don't there's there's a there's like a stop sign right maybe in a desolate area that nobody and when there's like four cars that show up there nobody goes they yeah, all no, just no stop they're like no do. you go lights flash and then and then all of them go at once they're like what the hell's going on here right. <laughs> nobody knows how to work a stop sign yeah. anymore it's hilarious all right so uh i think we're gonna go ahead and wrap up here uh, sure. but, but before we do Dave, why don't you let people know where they can find your show information and, and oh, okay and uh, what areas you're gonna be in next well, um, I guess DaveDuganComedy.com. Uh, there's a there's a, a show page on there. Uh, there's a merchandise page. There's all the stuff on the the website more than you'd ever want to know. And uh, and thank you for the reminder because I will update that website because <laughs> uh, a lot of the stuff I'm coming up uh, or have coming up is either out of state or some of these private fundraiser yeah. corporate shows are just finally coming back. They were the yes. ones that uh you know the companies and stuff that were having their annual conferences or whatever so that's just coming up like later uh in august uh, although even though they're supposed to be closed i welcome anybody to to crash those deals uh <laughs> that would want to come see a show and and uh <laughs> yes and you might see me and buck yeah. every once in a while yeah. when, when half yeah. the crowd has been drugged with their spouse yeah. to, to <laughs> right. one of these things yeah yeah and uh yeah no come into the the uh the uh embassy suites and have have the time of your life but um <laughs> But as far as stuff for the public, uh, there is one. Uh, there's another after we do our uh, show at Anderson this mm -hmm. weekend, the flyover, uh, which I'm much looking forward to Saturday. It's going to be great. I'm excited. In addition to you, Kyle, we should mention Jay, right? Yes, is, uh, Jay Hunter yeah. uh, from Detroit is actually going to be uh, in the house as a feature. Um, and he's come out to Kettletop and closed out our show and really put on a great show. Good. And when I was putting this lineup together, I was like uh, – um, who, who, who am I going to have feature this? Because I wanted a name that wasn't specifically like 
um, you know, specifically local because I love trying to work in different names. And I'm like, you know what, Jay would be perfect for this. And he was all about it and willing to come down for the show. So so we made it happen. Oh, good so, deal. Absolutely. Well, I told you, sometimes I'll, I'll fill my schedule. And I don't mean fill like in any kind of derogatory way because I love doing them uh, like uh, American Legions and stuff. And I've yeah. got a show this Friday at the American Legion in Brownsburg. for, And they did tell me, as opposed to being closed to members like they sometimes are, that they've mm-hmm. opened that one up, too, for the public. Uh, so that comes awesome. to mind. And then the next theater show is down in Mitchell, Indiana. It's the it's it's uh, it's a theater, but it's called the Mitchell Opera House. That's on uh, August 13th. That's very awesome. And Hell yeah. And there's some stuff later uh, in the month that's for the public, too. But most of the things are private or way out of town for a while gotcha well maybe we'll see uh well that means you need to get out to anderson this saturday yeah so if he's doing you know a lot of private stuff and everything (laughs) else is going to be a couple hours it sounds like yeah uh, you know get your get your butt up to anderson let's uh, have a good time uh, the show starts at 8 o'clock. Um, tickets do increase at the door, so you'll want to jump online and get those tickets in advance. Um, also, we do have four-pack discounts available. You can save money by getting a four-pack VIP or four-pack general admission. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, it's it, it's the, the flyover is one of those cool venues that I'm excited to bring comedy to because it, it's it's a, it's a size of room that Anderson doesn't really have. Um, you, you know, like, like the, the kettle top is great for like the 100 person crowd this is you know uh like you know comfortably two and a half times that and it's just one of those uh really cool rooms that you know um us over here at ubh presents are excited to uh excited to bring so um do do you want to plug your social media do you have a specific at dave dugan comedy uh well i mean i'm on i'm people can find me on facebook uh uh the um the business page, I guess, if you want to call it that, is uh, it doesn't sound like business, but <laughs> is the uh, uh, Dave Dugan comedy for an overdue uh, overdue mortgage <laughs> page. Uh, then I have my, my own personal page, so people can find me with that. Uh, I mean, I'm on Twitter, but I hardly use it. You know, I mean, gotcha. Instagram, but I don't use it that cool. much. I'll use it for our flyover show. I'll be sure yeah. to throw stuff out that way. Um, the only other thing I would say that's a real, you know, shameless plugging is. Um, I did a uh, comedy special for uh, Dry Bar Comedy uh, right before the pandemic mm-hmm. hit. So the timing was kind of nice to yeah. talk about because people weren't able to go to shows, but they could uh, live stream yeah. that. And that's that's out there for uh, for uh, anyone that wants to see, not just me, but I mean, yeah. see a whole bunch of comics for free. I watched yeah. some of that. It's some good, it, was, it was a really good show. Yeah, and Dry oh, Bar thanks. does put on a really cool show. with uh, Their oh, specials the are very awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so... Uh, fortunate to do that and if people uh, that do go see the uh dave dugan comedy special human cannonball want to uh comment on it or like it or share it i guess that's part of the whole thing and again yeah. i told you how bad i am at the politics <laughs> i'm not a good uh, marketer at all but yeah. uh that's supposed to be i, I mean I, I, they got I, people for that i have a feeling if people don't go and do that yeah like people don't watch it and comment enough they'll just they'll just take it right down they'll just yeah. take it right i'll take my show right off the post Hey, well, I, well I, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all that are listening to this, go download, comment, and you know, share that dry bar special around, and also laugh at it, because it's funny as hell, and you'll enjoy it. It's just a, it's a, it's a small moment of your time to really enjoy some great uh, some great joke writing and delivery. Um, so Dave, I want to thank you so much for coming on the thank show you, today. Kyle. Nick, you want to let people know about your social media, man? In Oaks 55. Cool. Also uh, BJ, you got anything you want to mention here at the end? I uh, know. It's been a okay. pleasure. I grew up listening to him. I don't want to make you feel old, but... <laughs> I think we did that earlier. I think you did that earlier, yeah. 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 yeah don't forget uh, about... You were out of the room, BJ, but I accidentally... Uh, 
when I was talking about pumpkin spice, I got all feisty and I, I used to, I used to swear. So you might want to edit that because I do have a couple corporate shows coming up that might fire me before I get there. Uh, and uh, but you can keep uh, Nick said hell, you can keep that in. Uh, yeah, I and I, I, I apparently didn't get the. Joke. I think I said ass too. <laughs> okay. But uh, but yeah, uh, uh, guys. As always, you can follow me on social media at all forms uh, all forms at Uncle Buck's house, and uh, you can see the latest shows, um, trivia, whatever. We have several things coming up at UBH Presents is a, is my new production company. Um, and uh, again, one last time before we log off, uh, we want to uh, get you all out to the flyover this Saturday. Um, their tickets are moving as we speak, and so if the later in the week you're listening to this, the the better chance it is it's sold out. So. Um, get a chance uh, to hop online, simpletixtix.com. Uh, just search Dave Dugan, and uh, you'll find them on there. Again, there are four-pack discounts available. And as always, uh, be good to each other, and we will uh, leave with Glenn Campbell's uh, good riddance, time of your life. All right. And um, take care, y'all. I Another turning point of forks stuck in the road Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go Make the best of this test and don't rest right It's not a question but a lesson learned in time Something unpredictable but in the end it's right I hope you have the time of your life different than your standard yeah. radio interview. I got you. So, um, but yeah, man, it's-